Well, hi, it's episode 182 of the Guardian Project podcast, and I'm the Goblin Blast Runner, Andy. And like your opponent's Mystic Remora, I make you big sad, Mike Coyle. Please listen carefully. And this is the podcast about Commander. Our favorite Magic the Gathering format. And this week we are talking about the biggest chonky creatures in this game. So we're talking about the, the highest powers printed on our versions of cardboard in Magic the Gathering down in the lower right hand corner. Um, and we're going to talk about the top 15 power creatures today. And that might be because a bunch of them are tied. Yeah, it's true. You know, we we're like, what if we did like the top 10? And it was like, no, we'll just do, we'll just do the top 15. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, we got to talk a couple of weeks ago. Was it a couple weeks ago? Maybe it was like a month ago yeah, now. But we month. talked about Heroes of the Realm cards. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter, I, I just saw underscore John Tell posted a tweet about the 2021 Heroes of the Realm card that looks like it's being handed out and gifted to two folks that work over at Wizards of the Coast. And the card is Ursta, friend to all. It is a white, blue, black, red, green planeswalker, uh, legendary planeswalker Ursta with five loyalty. It's like the prettiest unicorn. Yeah, and, and everybody's celebrating Ursta. Uh, it says it can be your commander. So another planeswalker as nice. commander. Love it. And has three abilities. Plus one, create a one, one human wizard creature token that is all colors. So that's cool. Yeah. Minus three, choose a card name from among Enlightened Tutor, Mystical Tutor, Booster Tutor, Imperial Recruiter, and Worldly Tutor. So I like those five specific cards. Mm-hmm. You create a copy of that card of that chosen name. You may cast that copy without paying its mana cost. And finally, minus eight, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your upkeep. If you control 20 or more wizards, you win the game. Okay. Okay. Alt win con heroes of the realm. There were some other alt win cons there that were really cool. Mm-hmm. There was like that, that uh, re- rekindling Phoenix thing, the cinematic Phoenix. I think yeah. that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I like this. That's a, it's a pain. It's another pain bow commander. It's our second five color, uh, planeswalker. That can also be your commander. What's the best wizard token that you can make? What is, uh, what does oh. the docent of perfection make? Does that make wizards? Uh, I think, think so docent of perfection it's the it's the flip card um from i think it's the shadows over innistrad block and it says whenever you cast an instant or sorcery put a one one blue human wizard onto the battlefield and if you control three or more you flip it and the other side has the same thing so you make blue human wizard creature tokens i, I personally like um lich lord of unks which makes blue black zombie wizard tokens which used to be a very rare token but it's not anymore Oh, uh, oh! I really liked it strictly because of the rare token aspect of it. It's honestly, a, it usually is pretty underwhelming in my zombie decks. Yeah, you Lord. tap it, pay blue and a black, tap it, put a one-one blue black zombie wizard yeah. into play. Yeah, just so happens to have that extra wizard text on there that a lot of people don't know. Uh, it's a wizard. I shared this on Twitter, and there there were there were some other folks that were like, "Okay, how does one acquire one of these right, cards?" And it's right. like, you don't. Yeah, but in, unless you, you work for wizards, unless you work for wizards, and you are in like the right team doing yeah. the right stuff. So mm-hmm. super super sweet cards. This would be one of those like when you think about cards that are like priceless, like expensive. This has to be. These oh. have to be truly like. Yeah. There's no price you could truly put on something like this, right? Because there's only like five or six printed. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I have no idea. But I, I mean, I think some of them get auctioned off for like charities and stuff oh, do every they? once oh, in a okay. while um, for people who, who don't need the money, I imagine, because um, there's there's people that, that don't or that could just use the money uh, to a better cause. So that's the only time I've ever seen any of them like 
for sale though before like is there like auctions yeah you no, don't see they're on, not like, on ebay they're not on tcg like player no. or anything no so these these are these are very very cool yeah um not a whole lot of news this week though um but we're glad you're back and Thanks. we want to thank everybody who listens to us every single week in and out in the weeks and in the weeks also out of the weeks also out of the weeks what's out of a week what I don't Any day know that's where. not listed in the days of the week is, is out, out of, the, of week. the weeks. Wait, what days are not listed in days of the week? Make I up a day. I, just fun a day. day. Fun day? Fun day is not that's the week. That's the day between Friday and Sunday? No, that's Saturday. No, no, no. It has to be Friday. <laughs> Saturday is, okay, best day of the week, though. Yeah. has to be Saturday. Yeah, it's, it is fun day. I also, I don't dislike Thursdays. Thursdays are nice. The week is winding down. People are like mm-hmm. stopping with work meetings and things. Surprise. Today's a Thursday. Wow. Whoa. We're recording on a Thursday. <laughs> that is insane. But we also want to thank our patrons who come back every single week and support us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, as we mentioned last week, we are working on details for a patron commander league. We're going to have leagues throughout the year mm-hmm. with a different theme every single month. So, mm-hmm. um, our mod and graphic designer and friend of the show, Chris Wolf, is going to be managing that. So we should have details just in the next couple of weeks here. Um, and if you would like to join in on that or listen to other content like Second Main that you can get on Patreon, you can support us over at patreon.com slash guardianprojectpod for literally any dollar amount. It can be like a dollar a dollar a dollar a month so i mean like it's it's if you have that and you mm-hmm. would like to support us send it our way we would be eternally grateful yeah thank you and if you're looking for another way to support the podcast or an additional way to support the podcast however you are enjoying it whatever platform you're enjoying this show on if you could subscribe rate review and leave comments we'd be really appreciative you can find us online on youtube instagram twitter you can search guardian project podcast on google you can find our website and you can even email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com Let's go check out these really big creatures. Okay, so we're talking about the biggest creatures printed in the game, power toughness wise. So just we want power. We're specifically looking at power. There's a lot of high toughness creatures, but we are looking at high power creatures. I was worried. I was going to ask you before we put this list together, like, should we only look at power? Should we look at power? Like Tree of Perdition is 013. So like, uh, uh, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. we are doing high power, not toughness. So high power. So um, we want to take a look at them and where they're honestly most played. And we're going to see if we play any of these. Um, Some of them we had never heard of. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and start, though, with Ancient Stone Idol, a 12-12 golem for 10 colorless mana. It has flash and says, this spell costs one less to cast for each attacking creature. It has trample, and whenever it dies, you create a 6-12 colorless construct artifact creature token with trample. Nice. Um, I don't play it, but this came out in the 2018 Commander Precon. So this was the Sahili the Gifted deck. Um, Makes sense. If you do look on EDH Rec, uh, the most played commanders um, is Sahili the Gifted. So obviously the Precon effect there, um, just being listed in the deck itself. But I do like seeing that it's being played in the deck Ultra Magnus Tactician. So the Transformer, this is the the Naya, so red, green, white Transformer that has whenever Ultra Magnus attacks, you may put an artifact creature card from your hand on the battlefield tapped and attacking. And then you flip it into that like giant semi looking thing that when when creatures get like indestructible and stuff when that one swings. Um, 
it's played it's played in this i mean it's showing up in almost 50 percent of those decks so it's cool to see a, a card that's been out for quite a few years showing up again for a like a niche reason yeah i like it um i mean it obviously plays really well into token strategies makes sense being printed in that sahili deck the alternate commander there was brutaclad which i imagine would really really take advantage of that 612 token and try to make a bunch of 612 tokens um but you know on on top of the of it building into your own token strategy if you swing out you can potentially cast this for zero mana at flash speed and have that free 12 12 you can also use it as a defender maybe you have an opponent that's playing a locust god deck and they decided they're going to swing three locusts at each player because they want to spread out some damage sure you're taking three damage but now for one mana you get a 12 12 with trample at flash speed going into your turn avoid the summoning sickness and swing at the person that just swung out with all their one one insects Maybe they'll block with their locust god. And is this the? Is this like eight. the? Okay, so is this like the planning worst tech deck yeah. ever? Like, if yeah. I play against the locust god, I have a potential <laughs> ancient stone idol that could mm -hmm. cost zero if you do exactly what I hope you do. But at the same time, like you know, you let's say you are playing Ultra Magnus Tactician and you have Ultra Magnus's ability to cheat it out. But at the same time, you happen to sit across a player that's playing a tokens deck. Now, I don't have to use Ultra Magnus. I can use that ability to cheat out something else because I know I'm going to be able to cast my ancient uh, my ancient stone idol for free. It's also being played in Perforous Bronze Blooded, which you had that deck for a hot minute. Yes. I mean, you had it for you, Mono Red October. Mono Red October at our LGS. You played that. And then I think you took it apart like maybe two months later. You yeah. maybe had the deck for three months. I think it was played on stream once or twice, maybe. Mm -hmm. But um, Perforous Bronze Blooded says pay three. You may put a red creature or artifact creature card from your hand out of the battlefield. And you sack it at the beginning of the next end step. So it's cool there because you also have the sacrifice, um, which will get you that token that will stick around. Mm -hmm. I don't play Ancient Stone Idol in any of my decks. It doesn't really fit. I don't want to sacrifice a slot in my Locust God deck for this. Um, Does uh, Rionia exile or sacrifice the copies that you make with Rionia? I'm pretty sure that they are exiled okay. at the next end step. Okay. Yeah, it, it says- Because Delina uh, also exiles. Yep, Rionia exiles. So not not a card that I think I'm playing very often, but no. one that is um, surprisingly played more than we were expecting based on these numbers. Yeah, definitely. And I hope to see it more. Um, but the, the other card that I really want to see more of on this list is a card I used to have a deck for way back in the day. In fact, the first deck I ever built for a stream. Eric Smithy's The Slumbering Eye. I didn't realize that was the first deck you built for a stream. Well, because it was like before I was on, even on the podcast, we did an Extra Life uh, budget stream. And you played a Rick Smithies in that game? Yeah. I, I, we all built budget decks for that yeah. one. And I had a Rick Smithies, The Slumbering Isle. That was where my Gerard deck came from. Mm -hmm. And that is no longer $50 right. or $25 or whatever it was. But uh, I thought I was, I thought I was really like, Oh, I'm going to sack this. I'm going to win this game. Yeah. Turns out did no such thing. <laughs> I actually just fizzled the whole game. We also played a five person stream yes. and recorded it. It was miserable. It was pretty bad. Uh, I think it's our first YouTube video, actually, if you want to go check that out. Mm -hmm. so, uh, but it was for charity. So It was for, it was for charity cars. for an extra live stream many, many years ago. So, you know, go oh, check out that video. Funnily enough, my Rick Smithies deck, which is still together, is also not no longer a budget deck. But I haven't changed a single card in it. It's just I gone didn't up know it was price. together. You haven't. There's no. Well, you guaranteed haven't played it this year because I checked my That's spreadsheet true. and um, at least against me. And I thought that Eric Smithies was played way more often hmm. than than I expected. 
but not even listed on my spreadsheet one time. I went back and looked at the entire year so far. Not a single of Rick Smithies has shown up. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's it's mostly played like with Kraken and Leviathan and Sea Serpent type of decks, but uh, it takes a few turns in order to get it uh, going. So a Rick Smithies for four mana, two, a green and a blue, you get a 12-12 legendary creature Kraken. Awesome. Four mana for a 12-12. Except it enters the battlefield tapped with five slumber counters on it. And as long as it has a slumber counter on it, it's a land. And whenever you cast a spell, you can remove a slumber counter from it. And it has the ability to tap to add for green and blue. Um, so it does work as a land. I do like it in like generic Simic decks. If you just want to have a piece of ramp in, in your command zone um, that eventually turns into a 12-12. I did try searching to see if there was any sort of like blue treachery spells or anything. If you somehow found someone who played a Solemnity in their deck so you can get something that prevented counters from going on your permanents. So that you can have a Rick Smithies come out with no permanence and give a four mana 12-12. I don't know if that's possible outside uh, or inside of the Simic colors. Um, but if you have a way and you have a Rick Smithies deck, tell me because I want to upgrade my Rick Smithies deck. <laughs> uh, I typically just use cards like Freed from the Real and Pemmin's Aura to try to create an infinite amount of mana. Um, it's a which, uh, Those two cards are auras that uh, have the ability to pay blue and untap a creature. So you can produce an infinite number of green mana with a Rick Smithies. Um, since it produces both green and blue when it taps. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't see it much. I don't see it much. And if you take a look at the decks that's usually played on EDH Rec, it looks like AC Tyrant of Gyre Sage and like Coma Cosmo Serpent. So it's clearly just being played in like sea creature strategies. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's already in 80% of the Knessos priest of thassa deck which is the new jumpstart 2022 merfolk cleric mm -hmm. commander that um a lot of people were like is this one like the is this the new sea creature is, commander it's really strong they're all very commander. they're all very I, cool i do like the fact that you mentioned ac though because you do get to cast a land with the rick smithies so you can do a landfall trigger your two landfall triggers with ac and still cast a rick smithies and get another landfall trigger that way which is pretty cool yeah i took a look at yeah i don't play this in any deck i don't have a, a sea creature deck every time like some new new cool like i feel like the sea creature thing is it's not a flash in the pan theme i don't know how do you describe this where it's like it's popular for like a month yeah. and then it goes away but then there's an there's like always a new cool well, sea creature flavor of the month flavor of, of the month yeah flavor uh but it's a rotating one because i feel like we get enough sea creatures that come but it's like a it's like the one that they take off the menu it's the uh oh it's the McRib of oh sure commanders so when pork's like, cheap when, aka when they print more legendary Le leviathans exactly yeah, which okay. happens i feel like once a year <laughs> or like once every other year like a it's interesting because it's like oh yeah innistrad's got oceans let's print a legendary leviathan matters over on innistrad uh, Zendikar has oceans. We'll do it there. What plane doesn't have oceans where we're not going to receive this? Does Amonkhet has an ocean as, as a desert ocean, an ocean of sand? It's, it's you're coarse. parched and it's warm, and you see an ocean mm -hmm. in the Mirage Mirage but, Ocean. Know, Mirage, Mirage ocean. Dragon. So now you all know, though, Eryxmethes is the McRib of Commander. <laughs> uh, next creature, still a 12 12. One that you have had a commander deck with and one that I think I have lost. And I this is one I should go back and look. I think I've lost almost every game I've ever played against this commander ever. Um, 
is probably fair too. Um, is Galta Primal Hunger a 12 mana 12, 12, 10 colorless and green, green elder dinosaur. And it says this spell costs X less where X is the total power of creatures you control. And it has trample. It sure so does. it's like really good. It's very strong. It's also up for uh, pre-order. If you are looking for a cool secret layer, the just add milk secret layer is up for pre-order now until the beginning of January. I think it's like January 6th or something like that. Yeah. Don't quote me. If it was January 6th though, quote me because then I'll feel really yeah. good about actually having oh, that yeah. right. Um, <laughs> Galta Primal Hunker is a very good Voltron commander huge i have seen this both in a commander deck just like any dinosaur deck and i've also seen it as a, de a devoted voltron commander deck where people just play out all the mana dorks and then their mana plus their one or two power oh, is yeah. like oops i played this on turn three and you're gonna die on turn four and it happens every time mm -hmm. there's this there's this like gold hind deer or something that taps for a green it's such a good card because it has two power instead of one power in a galta deck so it accounts for three of that mana uh towards the 12 casting cost but yeah 12 12 power trample is a really magical number because you simply give double strike and now you're getting commander damage over three toughness even you would think that looking at the top cards on edh rack mm -hmm. if someone gave you these cards you go oh it's an elf deck because it's lana or elves elvish mystic return of the wild speaker finhorn elves reclamation sage mm -hmm. beast whisper arbor elf they're all just mana dorks and then those mana dorks are like hey look at this giant dinosaur friend we have and then i'm gonna give it double strike mm -hmm. or i'm gonna give it unblockable yeah go or, ahead and spot removal it it probably still costs green green it's just gonna cost and i green, also green. have lightning greaves and swift foot boots i'm sorry there is um a card that i uh that's been, that was printed in streets of new capenna commander that i wanted to give focus to for galta decks because it's something that's not appearing in the top cards but i think maybe sh maybe should it's appearing down in utility artifacts and that's dodgy jalopy um, which does have the ability to scavenge itself for two and a green. It's a vehicle that has uh, star power where um, the, the, its power is equal to the greatest power amongst creatures you control. And you can scavenge it for 12 to put 12 plus one plus one counters on your gold. Yeah, it's for, so for three mana, you, you can essentially give your commander double strike, but then you can also give it real double strike and then hit for 48. That's And those... Those are counters. I can, Those are just plus a, one, plus one Okay, counters. so it stays. It stays yeah, so forever. now now your commander's a 24-24, and if mm -hmm. someone doesn't remove it, you you have trample, so you're likely going to hit. Yeah, looking at it as just like just as a card, and, and not surprising to me, it's played in Gishath, Sons of Avatar, oh, which yeah. is just a really good dino deck, but it's played in Savala, Heart of the Wilds. Didn't expect to see uh, Reiki, History of Kamigawa, but if you're just playing Ooh. legendary spells... Sure, this one could cost green, green. This one could just cost green, green. I also think it's it's pretty cool showing up in um old one eye which is just it's a six six trample other creatures you control have trample when it enters you make a five five tyranid and then at the beginning of pre-combat you may discard two cards if you do return old one eye it just it just seems like it's just like a bunch of big green big green trample stuff. things yeah I, I see Grothama all devouring here as well that has an ability of whenever a creature attacks it can fight Grothama and when Grothama dies you get to draw cards equal to the amount of damage you've dealt to Grothama so everyone pretty much plays that in the 99 of their Galta decks out there and vice versa and I think Rathama shows up like four or five times more later in like <laughs> sure in cards does. that we're going to talk about. But it's just 
they're all just big, ginormous things. So it works really well in Grothamia. Galta's great. Um, if you haven't played against uh, Galta, it it's it is a fast game, which I think is always wild. It's true, and it doesn't. It feels like it's so large as a Voltron commander, you don't feel targeted because it's like yeah. I only have to swing at you twice, likely. Right. And you're not like, oh, I'm going to swing at you six times. You're like, okay, but you've swung six times. You could have swung once elsewhere. You're like, no, 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 it's only two. Don't right. worry. Right. You'll be over soon enough. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that's it's fair. True. It's true. Yeah, we talk about with Voltron, you have to dedicate attacking to one player to really have it be an effective strategy. And with this, just swing once. It's fine. But when it's a 12-12, <laughs> the, the work is way less. It sure is. All right. So we have uh, next on this list, the newest card from this list, uh, brand new creature type even. Uh, this is Hierophant Bio-Titan from the Tyranid, uh, Tyranid Swarm Precon from the 40k Commander decks. I like that you say that. Like anybody knows what that is. It's the teamer one. The green, That's blue, true. red one. That's true. The one with a bunch of, uh, I want to know, do any of you know the actual name of a single precon in existence? Because I don't. Swell the Host is one I will always remember. It's the Azuri Claw of Progress precon. I'm currently holding the Captain Nothing Rod deck. Do you know what this deck is called? Uh, I did look it up the other day, but I can't remember. It's some, it's have horrors to do with it. No, well, kind of. It's mind flayers. Oh yeah, a bunch of R's. Anyway, there. as I continue to derail this episode, <laughs> I laughed when when I saw those notes. I was like, nobody knows what any of these. Well, are. I wasn't even reading the notes either. I'm staring <laughs> at a picture of Hierophant Biotitan right now. So Hierophant Biotitan for ten green green. You get a twelve twelve Tyranid. It says, as an additional cost to cast this spell, you may remove any number of plus one, plus one counters from among creatures you control, and the spell costs two generic less to cast for each counter removed this way. It also has Vigilance, Reach, and Ward 2, as well as Hierophant Biotitan can't be blocked by creatures with power 2 or less. So um, very similar, I guess, to Galta kind of, um, being able to potentially only be able to cast for green green. This is not legendary, so it can't be your commander. Doesn't have trample. Vigilance and reach are really, really good keywords on here though. But if you look at it from the fact that you have to remove five plus one plus one counters in order to cast it for green green, you're essentially removing five power from your board in order to do so. Where Galta, you only get more benefits by the more power you put on the board. So I think Galta is a little bit better in terms of that case. You know, it's definitely a different a different case because you have to play this in a plus quote unquote have to play this in a plus one plus one counters matters deck. Um, but I also think I'd rather have trample than can't be blocked by power with creatures power two or less. I don't know. What's your opinion? I want trample. Yeah. Over that last ability. Because no, well, I, no, I'd rather over the last ability, yeah. But I, I mean, the number of times that I, I play out a three one or something, you're like, well, I guess you can block that. Yeah. Um, and this isn't. I feel like this one's not coming down as quickly as Galta. No, because there's a lot of a lot of buildup. I mean, maybe you're playing a Master Chef background deck where everything's coming in with one plus one plus one counter. But do you want to sacrifice the five power to get it out early? Um, when I look at some of the decks that are seeing played, I see Animar, Soul of Elements. That was here. the only one that I could think of that would want this, other than maybe even like Moral of the Hulk Clay 2 to okay, double counter sure. something. But then you're removing them, and that like defeats the purpose. Yeah. And that feels bad. Well, and here's the other thing with Animar, Soul of Elements. Um, so whenever you cast a creature spell, you get to put a plus one plus one counter on it, and creature spells you cast cost one generic less to cast. You're probably just trying to put 10 plus one plus one counters on Animar and not actually using the the hierophant's ability to remove plus because you don't counters. really want to it like fights yeah. against what animar wants exactly. too, almost although 
still just works. Yes. But now in the Mimeoplasm, um, where you can exile two cards from your graveyard or from any graveyard, and the Mimeoplasm becomes a copy of one and gets plus one, plus one counters of the other, I would take either a copy or 12 plus one, plus one counters from uh, BioTitan. So I could definitely see it being played there. And that's, I think, going to be kind of a reoccurring thing with these giant creatures is we get to put a lot of plus one, plus one counters on things in Mimeoplasm decks. Yeah, Mimeoplasm is the other card that shows up quite a bit, quite a bit this episode. Yeah, it sure does. Um, the next one here is Phyrexian Dreadnought, a 12-12 one mana artifact creature with Trample that says when it comes into play, you sacrifice any number of creatures with total 12 power or more, or you have to sacrifice the Phyrexian Dreadnought. So um, this is a very expensive one mana card, and I play it in I play it actually in two decks. So I play it in Jiragugori Lich Lord. So that allows me to sack creatures, and each opponent loses life equal to its power and toughness. So when I pay one mana to play this creature, I pay three for Jirad to sacrifice it. So four mana total to have each opponent lose twelve mm-hmm. is great. Um, I actually think it's better though in Lazav the Multifarious, which I I think I've only played once or twice this year. But Lazav is blue black. It's a one three shapeshifter that allows you to surveil when he enters but then also has pay x equal to the mana value of a of a creature card in in your graveyard so mm-hmm. it can be any color obviously um and then lazav becomes a copy of that creature so lazav becomes a 12 12 so it's a very quick voltron strategy there as well Huge. um lazav is a deck that I am not, I haven't been in love with it, but I always do like winning off of the Phyrexian <laughs> Dreadnought, though. It is nice because you combine it with the, that artifact creature that can give your creature, inf- it gives itself infect until end of turn, turn into that, then turn it into what, an Ornithopter to give it flying, then turn it into the 12. Yeah, it turns out it's actually a combo Voltron deck. Yeah. Well, it's just, a, it's not even combo, it's like Tudor Voltron. Sure. And that's why I think it feels bad to play. But it feels much better to play it in Gerard where I can sacrifice it, reanimate it, sacrifice mm-hmm. it to uh, Gerard before the ability goes off. And Firexian Dreadnought does not require that ability to resolve, which right. is really great. Um, problem is it's like a hundred dollar card it is. so it's reserveless it's so. it's very expensive mm-hmm. um it's, and- pl- it's played in some legacy decks where they're like uh, uh uh nullifying their enter the battlefield triggers with like torpor orbs and stuff just to get one mana 12 12s on like turn one or whatever um i do play it in my shadow heart dark justicar deck which sacrifices creatures and draws cards equal to the creature's power um so similarly to you instead of doing 12 damage though i'm drawing 12 cards um but I imagine you have some reanimation in, in your Gerard deck, right? So you can bring it back and sacrifice it again. And Yeah, yeah. I have reanimation there. I also have reanimation in Lazav, but I don't want to reanimate it in Lazav, though, because that's going to actually force it to sacrifice oh, itself. I would like it to stay at the graveyard there. I guess if, Please if, just if, don't bojukabog me. I'm going to bojukabog you. Um, but Alana Kessig Trapper is a card that I'd never thought of um, when I was thinking of Phyrexian Dreadnought, and I think it's one that maybe we should put some attention to. Uh, that is a 4-3 Human Scout for four and a red first strike it has the partner ability from the original commander legends and has tapped to add an amount of red equal to the greatest power among creatures you control that entered the battlefield this turn so as long as elena doesn't have summoning sickness you cast phyrexian dreadnought it enters you tap it you add 12 red mana to your mana pool and then phyrexian dreadnought can just you know sacrifice itself but it's really cool like a, a one mana one mana for 12 it's the best dark ritual you've ever seen yeah yeah all right, so next up, we have uh, Jokel Mortar. I think it's Yokel Mortar, because I think Mortar. it's from the same plane that Yokel Hops comes from, but oh, I could, I sense. have no idea. All right, we're going to call it Yokel I'm gonna, Mortar. I'm going to 
if I made that up, I apologize. It's okay. I'm going to look like the idiot. Yokel Mortar. <laughs> uh, for four blue, 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 we get a 12-12 Leviathan with Trample. Already sounds great. But Yokel Mortar does come into play tapped. When Yokel Mortar comes into play, you sacrifice it unless you sacrifice five lands. And Yokel Mortar doesn't untap during your untap step. And whenever you play an island, you may untap Yokel Mortar. Um, I wasn't wrong. I checked it. Yokel Hops is from Ice Age, and this is called Snap, which was the, like the lost set. So oh, perfect. So it definitely was planned, and I definitely was right. Mm. <laughs> so this is a seven mana 12 12. Um, but there's a lot of drawbacks to getting this thing on the battlefield. So again, I think you have to try to stifle the enter the battlefield effect or use this just kind of in another way, like Dimimioplasm or something like that. I don't like this card very much. I think it might be my least favorite card on this entire It's my second set. least favorite. I I no, this one's triple blue, mm -hmm. sack five light. So you can't get around it by reanimating. It's just when it enters. Yep. Uh, it also enters the battlefield tapped. Like it's just it's just not great. And then I was like, well, what if we played this in like Maldrotha? Maldrotha's got blue. And then I was like, mm -hmm. you're sacking five lands. You can only get one back per turn. Mm -hmm. It's also triple blue. And we're already in a three color deck. And unless you've got a chromatic lantern or for some reason you got your triple blue. And I mean, that's great for you. But yeah. also like, I don't want you to have to sack five lands. Right. Because I'm just going to remove Maldrotha and you won't get those five lands back as quickly. Even if you like have a splendid reclamation in your hand or something, you're better off playing something like a Zurin orb that can sacrifice your lands than playing a seven mana thing that has to sacrifice your lands. It, it, I mean, the only popular commander that it looks like this is even being played in is the Mimeoplasm, and it's only in 16 yeah. of those decks. Although it is Leviathan, so if you look at other cards that are being played with it, it's, it's just all Leviathan things. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's not a card i'm interested in and i i'm out like i'm, I'm gonna pass out. and for that reason i'm out gone not on the table passed 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 that right up all right let's look at eldrazi. another 12 12 look at eldrazi we're on the eldrazi path now we yeah we are but i'm kind of into it i'm yeah. kind of into it so we have cause like the great distortion eight and then specifically two colorless mana yeah okay whenever you cast cause like the great distortion if you have fewer than seven cards in your hand draw cards equal to the difference it has a menace and discard a card with converted mana cost x to counter target spell with mana cost x just a uh, colorless control that's crazy you know every time like this deck comes up I really want to build this deck. Mm -hmm. And I have a copy. I, I bought a um uh one of the pre-release copies like so long ago, like long two years ago. Oh. And it's like like it's one of those, I'm gonna do this. Sure. And then every time I started building it, I was like, oh, something new came out. I'm not gonna build this. And I have so many cards for it. Every time I play against it, I actually enjoy. We got to play against it this past weekend. It didn't do anything because the game ended right after that Kazak came out because okay. the the mana values that they could have discarded. Mm -hmm. They just didn't match any of the cards the next two players in which in, in or which absolutely happens. Yeah. Um but I want I actually I'm kind of I'm kind of into this commander. It's of the Eldrazi commander. This one is the most interesting to me. Yeah. It, it doesn't I mean, have an annihilator on it, which is nice. No annihilator. It has card draw. It can swing. Um it, and it also can counter things. Yeah. I kind of kind of like that too. Mm -hmm. You're like, I like the I personally like the fact that you are required to pay colorless mana into it. it makes it a little bit harder to just like shove in the 99 of another deck where you just care about big creatures or something. It makes you 
force force everyone to go listen to some of our past Guardian Project podcast episodes where we talk about utility lands, lands that enter untapped and tap for colorless mana and do other stuff too. You know what? I think I play, I think I would have to look, but I think I play a lot more utility lands that actually tap because the errata that made that generic mana tap for colorless. True. Just, I think I have a lot of generic mana. I, pre- I pretty much think that I could, I could play this in pretty much any of my decks. Yeah. Maybe not like my Celestia deck. True. I'm not really doing a whole lot there that would be interesting. Worst case scenario, I guess, go find that soul ring and that soul ring can account for that two colorless mana that you need. Yeah, as a commander, this is pretty much playing Eldrazi's and then various mana values. So, I mean, you want a good a good array spread, of yeah. mana. Yeah, you, you're trying to go from, you know, you want all the way from 13. You don't even need 13. You probably want from like nine mm-hmm. down, obviously all the way to, I would to say one. I don't know if I really want to. There's not a ton of one mana spells, Ooh, but there like are some. to plow shares and stuff. Yeah, you could protection. do that or somebody's reanimate or something. I mean, you can, you can, but you want, you want a good array. I like this card. I don't have a ton of notes. I, we've seen it on uh, big shows like the Command Zone. We've seen it on our own stream. I've seen it at LGSs. I don't see it a ton, honestly. Like mm-hmm. I think it's just one of those. It's been out for so many years now. People are playing it just seldomly. I want to play, it. but I do like what I play against it. I don't. I don't dislike playing against this Eltrazi. No, this one's fair. Um, this next one um, has the same name also kind of fair but played in a completely different way yeah no one plays it the same way as everyone and i i don't know many people people. this one is almost never built as the commander (laughs) that's correct this is the other kozilek butcher of truth for 10 generic mana you get a 12 12 aldrazi it says when you cast the spell draw four cards so not an enter the battlefield trigger uh, does have Annihilator 4, so whenever Kozlik, uh, the Butcher, or, sorry, Kozlik Butcher of Truth attacks, the player that you're attacking has to sacrifice four permanents. And when Kozlik Butcher of Truth is put into a graveyard from anywhere, its owner shuffles their graveyard into their library. And that last part of the text is the reason this card is played in many, 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 many decks. Um, so being able to reset your graveyard and reshuffle it back into your library just allows a lot of uh, commander infinite combos to truly go infinite. A lot of them depend on drawing cards or milling cards. Um, wow, you're talking about the Locust God. So yeah. the Locust God enables, uh, say, or I guess, does it enable Sage of the Falls? Sage of the Falls enables the Locust God. They're enablers, okay? Yes, they, they help enable each, each other. other. They enable each other. Sage of the Falls has when you, when a creature, when it or another creature enters the battlefield, you can draw a card and discard a card. So you can infinitely loop your library with the Locust God because you're going to draw and make an insect. Creature comes in, so you're going to draw and discard. And normally you would draw and discard and then you would mill yourself out. Mm-hmm. But if you have this cosmic Butcher of Truth in the library, you discard that, shuffle your graveyard back into your library. And so you can win off of anything that's like an impact tremors or a witty roast master so just pinging immediately and your opponents will lose or you can just loop it until you have enough insects so if somebody has gained a bajillion life you make the, a bajillion insects right. you can swing right. um that's the only deck that i run this cosmic <laughs> in and for that exact reason yeah i mean if you're not running it for that reason you're running it as an eldrazi in your eldrazi commander deck yep uh, sure, you can have it as your Eldrazi commander for your Eldrazi commander deck. They're all pretty interchangeable. You can tell this one's played way more often. I mean, also just because of that reason, this yeah. one's played in 34,000 decks mm-hmm. and the previous Kozilex only played in 14,000. So it either has a commander deck or is being played in Eldrazi decks. And there's obviously far less uh, reasons to just 
throw that one into a deck right. compared to this. Well, especially, you know, I, I know we talked about how we probably could cast it in a lot of our decks, but again, that built around it, that two colorless mana of the other cause like this one, all generic mana. So it doesn't matter what color mana you have, you can cast Cosmic Butcher of Truth. Yes. So the next card is a two-sided card. Double-sided. Double this isn't a creature, Andy. It is a creature, though. Oh. Let me read it. Okay. Let me read it. Right, give me right, a second. Right, give me right, a second. Right, right. So Elberus, the Binding Blade. Seven mana for a legendary artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus zero. Oh. Plus one, plus zero. Oh. For seven mana, that's really not great. And it says, whenever a equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you unattach Elbrus the Binding Blade and then transform it. It has equip for one, so that's not so bad. Eight mana, but eight mana equipped to get plus one, plus oh is really bad. Mm -hmm. uh, it transforms into Withengar Unbound. So a 13-13 demon. We're up from 12-12 now to 13-13. It has Flying, Intimidate, Trample, and whenever a player loses the game, put 13 plus one, plus one counters on Withengar Unbound. That's a lot of counters it's uh, it's it's probably early on in the design for decks that were um focusing on like multiplayer so i believe that dark ascension was like 2012 which i believe is also the second year because commander was 2011 okay. right so we we might be seeing that this is related like oh sure. we're playing multiplayer format so someone has to lose the game you can put a plus one, you can put all these plus and plus encounters on your creature i have never actually seen this card played in commander and i looked very hard to see where it was being played and obviously it's being played in demon decks because right. withengar unbound is is a demon itself um but of the top commanders they are literally all demons mm -hmm. and except for like gorm the great and virtus the veiled which obviously that probably has some sort of either demon sub theme or equipment and also like phage the untouchable and yep. uh, uh, errata the silencer mm -hmm. or Atrata the silencer mm -hmm. errata Atrata. well we can errata that Don't well worry. errata yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's really just being played in demon decks i also think it's an older card that it's very mana intensive and it doesn't get the benefit until someone loses it's true uh it's, it's very snowbally maybe win more but also like I'll knock out the the player with the least life so I can knock out the next player. Also, though, it's a cool flashy play. Yeah, I did see. That's uh, a bingo card card if I've ever it, seen one. Honestly, it totally is. How many times have I flipped with it? Have I flipped with Ingar? Put that on your, get, your bingo card. Get, and well, and get 26 plus one plus one counters on it too. knock two players out. Yeah, with it. Um, I do see one commander on here. I wanted to put a little bit of attention to and that's Tetsuo Imperial Champion from the uh, Dominar United Legends retold cards. Uh, and this one cares about the mana cost of the equipment that you have uh, on it. So it's just kind of, I didn't even expect it. Um, so when when Tetsuo uh, attacks, you get to choose one, you either get to deal damage equal to the highest mana value among equipment attached to it, or you can cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand with mana value less than or equal to the mana value of the, of the highest uh, mana value equipment attached to it. So with a seven mana equipment, you can cast some removal spells. You can cast a sorcery at instant speed while you have Tetsuo swinging, making it easy for you to get through with the equipment. Or maybe you don't even want to get through with the equipment uh, and just like beam things for seven by swinging with this thing. Yeah, because if it just needs to swing, that's good because as soon as as soon as soon you deal damage, you have to unequip it right. and transform it. But you know what? 
I still dealt seven damage, and now I also have a thirteen thirteen staring you down with mm-hmm. flying trample and intimidate. So it makes you very it makes it hard for you to block. Yeah. Well, and like, what did I just cast with for free for my seven mana? Maybe it's an extra turn spell, and now I'm going to swing with my thirteen thirteen. I'm into it. I'm into it. If you play Withengar Unbowed, I would like to hear though because I there are not. It's not in many decks. No, no. Um, next up, we have a zero three. Cre- Wait a minute, a zero three. Oh, it's another one of those flip cards. Okay, Ludovex test subject for one and a blue. You get a zero three creature lizard with defender. And for one and a blue, you can pay to put a hatchling counter on Ludovex test subject. Then if there are five or more hatchling counters on it, remove all of them and transform it into Ludovex abomination, which is a 1313 lizard horror with trample. So a blue wizard horror with trample is what we're getting at the end of this transformation after spending 12 mana? 12 mana. 12 mana, 13, 13 yeah. with trample. So I mean, at least it has text. You know what's funny, though? That the top commander that this is played in mm-hmm. is Arcades the Strategist because it's a 0-3 defender Defender. creature yeah that makes sense which is very funny to me Mm -hmm. but if you've got the mana you just make it a zero 13 trample which it's pretty nasty alongside all those walls that are already swinging for seven that's a really good point whatever it is because that's what arcades decks like the the bane is remove arcades and then they can no longer swing with any of their creatures now you have an out to turn it into a 13 13 it's also a horror which is why it's seen playing captain uh nagarthrod which is the the face commander of uh, your horrors mind flayers sorry mind flayers <laughs> deck i already forgot the name for see it. this is why we just refer to them as the black blue pirate commander or something um <laughs> i mean maybe there's a world where you're playing cards like training grounds so the activation only costs one blue or you're proliferating you're still gonna have to activate it a minimum of two times even with proliferate wants to start getting a counter and you have to activate it in order to transform it regardless of how many counters it has on it um so it's still going to be four yeah, you mana. are i was going to say it is a hatchling counter i was like could you put it on some some other way but hatchling counters are not common no. for for you to move around nope. i do like though that you you mentioned parry here as as a commander because yeah. it cares about the the maybe types of counters that are just among cards you have so mm-hmm. parry uh, has shield counters and whenever attacks target creature you control gains trample and and plus x plus x where x is the number of different kinds of counters among permanents you control so i mean a hatchling counter plus one plus one yeah you're not gonna get another trample. hatchling counter probably on your permanent so you're good this one's a unique one for this is a deck. this is a cool unique one parry the pulverizer wants it not a whole lot to say 13 13 trample i mean i'm into it i didn't realize the card existed to be honest until we did Me this until we did this research next is death shadow a 13 13 avatar for one black mana that says uh death shadow gets minus x minus x where x is your life total so in commander you can't play this until your life total is at least 12 if you want it to stick around Mm -hmm. but this is another one that has a like a it's a solid card and a single commander um I mean, it's good in multiple commanders, but it's very good in uh, Verils, the Scar Stripped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is a 2-2 Troll Warrior for one black and a green. This says each creature in your graveyard has Scavenge, and the Scavenge cost is equal to its mana cost. Um, and then you can sack another creature to generate Verils. But you can play Death Shadow, let it die, let it sit in the graveyard, play Verils, and then you pay one mana, and you're going to put um, 13 
plus one plus one counters on a creature you control so uh Varol's voltron makes makes Varol's a 15 15 likely on turn three if you ramp Varol's out even a turn early right and then you what you just have to have what six power more to scavenge onto Varol's, which is probably very and if someone tries to remove it um you just you just sack another creature, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, like, that, the, the play pattern is consistent. If you get the Death Shadow early, the Varols player at least gets one person out early. For sure. And then, you know, kind of goes to town. Um, again, Mimeoplasm is mentioned here. It's it's not a legendary creature. We see it less in Commander, more in other formats, but really great card. Yeah, uh, I know in, in Modern with Death Shadow, they, they play an enchantment called Dress Down. It's a two-mana flash enchantment that says um when it enters the battlefield you draw a card creatures lose all abilities which makes death shadow just a one mana 13 13 it does have this thing at the end that says at the beginning of the end step sacrifice dress down but i'm not sure if, if anyone out there are playing permanents like that in like an obeka brute chronologist deck that has the ability to just end the turn with those triggers on the stack so you can have a permanent 13 13 for one it's a lot of hoops to jump well you through. have to sack it on the next turn and then the next turn well, you keep you keep doing so your you have to untap Obeka, and the other person's gonna go, yes i end the turn because oh, no, Obeka Becca doesn't force well, the end of so turn. So dress down only uh, sacrifices at uh, at the beginning. Uh, oh, it does say the end. every single end step. End step. Okay, so I, I think that step. is uh, okay. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll I don't. If you want the most work in Commander <laughs> and you have to play the most politics you've ever played, yeah, I talk guess. Talk to me. I'll give you a deck. <laughs> but that seems <laughs> very much too difficult. All right. Well, let's skip the politics and let's tell our opponents what they can and cannot do with this next creature. Emrakul, the promised end. For 13 generic mana, you get a 13-13 Eldrazi. Um, This is Emrakul, the promised end. Costs one generic less to cast for each card type amongst cards in your graveyard. Whenever you cast Emrakul, you gain control of target opponent during that player's next turn. And after that turn, that player takes an extra turn. Emrakul also has flying, trample, and protection from instance. Um, so this is, although seen in the 99 of a lot of decks out there, probably most seen as a commander. Um, and it's, people are going to take your turn and they're going to sabotage your... You know, I think, it's, I think it says something when you said it's most seen as a commander because according to the numbers, mm-hmm. there's only like... 500 or so of this as a commander but in decks it's in 17,000 oh, wow. I'm very so surprised at that I am too and maybe it's just because the number of times we've seen it at our LGS and just people it's that true. we play with it's true um maybe just it's a few people in our in our local area play this but it is um a deck that I or a card that I've had a really hard time playing I don't do sabotage well mm-hmm. I've lost after the sabotage because mm-hmm. I've left something that was like a worse problem um, I don't play it for that reason. I feel bad. I just know how I am as a player, and I don't like to specifically mess with the right. a, uh, a board. Um, and I usually do it very poorly. Right, but if you are playing a, a deck uh, helmed by the Peregrine Dynamo from Dominaria United Commander recently, that can double the triggers of legendary creatures that aren't your commander that enter the battlefield. Maybe you won't feel as bad knocking two players completely out at the same time with sabotages, and then the, it's just going to be a one-on-one after that. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, I, I, the card's great and I have one. Yeah. I just don't use it in anything. I mean, even on top of taking other players third, 13, 13 flying trample protection from instance. It's huge. It's just really good. All right. Crozan cloud scrapers. Next card, a 13, 13 beast mutant for seven green, green, green at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice Crozan Crozen cloud scraper. Say that three times fast, unless you pay green, green, and then it has morph for seven green, green. So, um, 
this is uh, a card that's really only being seen in like morph decks. You see like Kadena, a Yodora, Grave Gardener, even Animar uh, pops up again just to make this cost less. You have an upkeep cost. You have to have green, green available. Um, it doesn't even have trample. And if you're playing in a morph deck, I mean, you still have to pay the cost of the creature. So you have to pay 10 um to yeah. to turn it face up. or i guess morph is nine yeah. you saved a whole mana well by paying three mana early so you actually spent two more mana overall i hate this is my least favorite creature on this is your one. least favorite yeah, one on here it, it's just a 13 13 that has extra hoop well that that costs more man not more mana but costs mana every single turn um but hey, you can play it in the Mimeoplasm and get 13 plus one plus one counters on your Mimeoplasm. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot more to say. It's it's in 511 decks apparently. So I assume that they all add up to just be the few commanders that we see here. I'm not sure it's a great card, but um, if you're just looking for off the beaten path cards, this is an option. It's very large. So we're going to skip power 14, not because it's our choice, but Wizards of the Coast choice. Yeah, they just didn't make one yet. Yeah, maybe next next set. But we're going to talk about a 15 power creature, and that is World Spine Worm. For eight green, 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 you get a 15, 15 worm with trample. that says when World Spine Worm dies, you uh, put three... Five, five green worm creature tokens with trample onto the battlefield. And when World Spine Worm is put into a graveyard from anywhere, shuffle it into its owner's library. So it does cost a lot. You it's know, just a giant honking worm. It's a 15, 15 trample for 11 mana in mono green. A very, you know, I would say even a low amount of mana for mono green to be able to achieve. Uh, on top of the fact that it is really just really strong in enchantment decks uh, or not something like token decks. What the heck am I saying enchantment decks for in token deck strategies? Because it does create three five fives. You're in the right color for all of the mono green token doublers. So, you know, being able to create six five fives and World Spine Worm doesn't even like go to your graveyard. It gets reshuffled in. Find it again with your worldly tutor or your finale of devastation because it needs to be bigger than 1515 when it enters the battlefield, in my opinion. I've never seen this played before in Commander, but when I think about it, I run a Nakia deck that um, it's, it's very fun. Uh, Primal Surge deck. This would be like, I mean, Nakia makes 11 mana like like it's nothing mm -hmm. you know you you sneeze and nakia has 15 mana i mean <laughs> you just you just ramp into nakia and then you're like oh okay, i already had five lands or six lands or something so now i have 12 or mm -hmm. 10 um so you could play world spine worm in that deck um that's if i were to run this card or add it to a deck that's where i would run it it does look like this card and the final card that we will talk about are very popular with a card that came out um borrow worm speaker which i believe is one of the legends retold that came out with Dominaria United. Mm -hmm. um, it says worms you control get plus two, plus two and have trample. Um, this one already had trample. So, I mean, you're just now you're making it a 17, 17, which would be then the biggest creature in the game. Yes, it would be. Too, but the other one would also get this pump. <laughs> um, and then you can pay seven and a green and tap it. And you make a four, four green worm creature token and it costs X less where X is the greatest power among worms. So, I mean, you're just going to pay a green and tap it. It works really well there. 
Um, aside from that, though, it looks like Atla Polani and like Mael the Anima are playing it. So Atlas cheating it out. So no one's paying the mana cost there. Um, Mael is is also going to to cheat it out because you're going to look at the top five and a yep. creature with power five or greater. So no one is actually spending the mana on World Spine Worm, and I enjoy that. I wonder if there are Mael decks out there that are trying to get themselves down to like five cards in their library and loop a World Spine Worm to constantly go onto the battlefield, sacrifice it, put it out, back out. If you have a Mael deck like that, I would really like to hear about it. Yeah. Now let's talk about the biggest. The, oh, it's just, it's so big. It's so big. Oh, it's so big. And uh, you know what? I think we might even be able to cast it faux free. Oh my gosh. So this is Impervious Great Worm. And this is a 16-16 worm for seven green, green, green. 10 mana, how could we cast that for free? It has indestructible as well. That's just pretty good. Really, I mean, it's kind of really nice to have. Um, it has convoke, so your creatures can help cast the spell. So you can tap your creatures to reduce the spell by one mana or one mana of that creature's color. Um, and I will say, I truly thought that the number one deck would have been Amara Soul of the Accord. And I think that tells you how I think, how my brain works initially when I look at this, because I was like, well, it was Convokes. So you should definitely Convoke it. Sure. And it's definitely not. Okay. That's not the most popular commander. But Amara is uh, a card that works really well with Convoke, which is why I think I went that way. Because when Amara becomes tapped, you make a soldier, and then that soldier could then be tapped. You know, you can quickly get to having enough creatures. But it does look like, you know, the top commander here is Selvala, Heart of the Wilds, which also makes sense. It's a 2-3 it elf scout that you can tap it to add green mana where, um, or you can add any combination of colors where X is the greatest power among creatures you control across the green and you tap it. So you're, you're adding 16 in any combination. Checks out Grafama's on here too. I love the flex of being able to play this in Salvala, and anyone's like, "Oh, I have this creature entered. Does it does it draw off Salvala? No, I control the highest power creature in the game. Literally in the, the game, you can't physically play a creature that's going to be larger than mine unless you have out like six anthems. Um, I'm pretty sure Impervious Great Worm is just the this worm is so big, it's bigger than literal cities. Like oh, it's yeah. bigger, oh, not cities buildings buildings well it's, probably some cities you think There's some cities, cities are smaller than in in, in a, an in, entire building yeah like in in the multi-universe of magic the gathering there's definitely planes that exist like 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 the minutians from gulliver's travels and stuff like little they're just they're just the size of teacups people and buildings and cities so yes so the impervious great worm apparently eats entire planes Realm and eager. cities is, is, is what I'm hearing. Um, but it's in a lot more decks than I was expecting. I don't really ever see this, though. I think the only time that I usually saw it was on Arena when it was like that Momir Vig uh, yes, format. Because you're like, same. yes, I know I'm at Imperious Great Worm or an Impervious Great Worm mm -hmm. uh, turn. Um, it's actually a pretty cool card. It has a neat promo that's very pretty. Um, yes. So and just got to throw some trample on there, which everyone's going to do with Borrow Worm Speaker. With Borrow Worm Speaker. About. It also works really well in Borrow Worm Speaker because mm -hmm. it's going to make your Borrow just cost one to, to tap, but it's also then going to be an 18-18, which then beats out the 17-17 World yeah. Spine Worm. So if you have them both out, Impervious Great Worm still says, no, I'm bigger. If, if your opponent has something that says activated abilities, you have cost nine more to activate 
you're still going to have to pay one green. And it's a very specific situation and I hope you get into it. Exactly. And that's going to be it for this week. We want to hear where you play all these big honking creatures. They are all ginormous. And um, aside from the Croson Cloud Scraper and the Yokel, Yokel Mortar, I am afraid of all of them, except those two. You can play those two. That's fine. Yeah. I, I don't, don't think I'm going to be too afraid of those. <laughs> no. I actually, I'm more worried about your mana yeah. base with Yokel Mortar. And yeah. I'm afraid of what you're hiding from me by trying to play those cards. <laughs> You'll you're go, distracting me from something. Now you watch <laughs> and it's going to be something even worse. The magician says, look at my left hand and they're doing something <laughs> with their right. Exactly. Um, well, we want to uh, thank you all for listening this week. And if you want to chat with us more, you can find me on Twitter at Andy. Flory. And you can find me on Twitter at WormCoilEngine. And of course, like always, we'll talk to you next week.